0: Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms
1: and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get the security of our exclusive Rate Shield approval, call us today at 800 Quicken or go to RocketMortgage.com. For JD Power award information, visit JDPower.com. Rate Shield approval only valid on certain 30 year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Thoughts of suicide may feel impossible to overcome, but with help and support, you can find hope and meaning. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK to speak to a counselor or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. It's free. It's confidential. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And even if it feels like it, you are not alone.
0: Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5,000. Enjoy! I'm little teapot, short and stout. Here is my
3: handle, and here is my spout.
0: No, Dad, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over it. Tip for me out. <laughs> This is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. <laughs>
1: Good evening, everybody. Hello, America. You are listening to For Immediate Release, and this is a special edition of the show to report on the er- the early Iowa caucus results. I'm Bill O'Reilly, and I'm joined here with my erstwhile colleague, um, Liz Feld, And uh, we have a special guest tonight, uh, Matthew Feld, who is a-, a great political analyst. How are you guys doing tonight? How are, you- how are you, Liz? How are you, Matthew?
3: Billy, I'm great like you. I'm glued to, uh, to TV. I'm watching John. King, and will Slip to lose their minds with the magic wall on CNN and seeing some very early results and also just some predictions of um, the Iowa caucuses, and I know Matthew's got a bead on stuff, so uh, he's with us. Thanks, Matthew, for joining us.
2: Yeah, I, I'm currently not glued to the TV. I'll probably be following my laptop for the most part. I think this is going to be pretty close, so I think it'll be going on for hours, so I'm going to give my eyes a bit of a break, at least for the, for the first hour of uh, of yeah, and, and oh, I w- definitely
1: it, a, a fun night. And I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it, if it goes into tomorrow, which is which has happened many times. But it's this is just yeah. reminding me of what a political junkie I am. I, I have no dog in this race, and I mean, for God's sakes, I'm a Republican, and, and I'm like on pins and needles. It's um it's a re- it's a really really interesting caucus. Um, I mean, it's forty one delegates out of. What, nineteen hundred and ninety yeah. <laughs> two you know, to, to yeah. go. But it's but it's it's so interesting because of where you know, what the juncture we're in, in in American politics, but also where the Democratic Party's going. And they're really, really discernible. I mean great you know, fractures in the party and um and very you know, clear and opposite directions happening. So it's a it's a fascinating scenario. Well you yeah, can
3: see from I mean, Matthew. Please. No, go ahead.
2: Oh, I was gonna say uh you know the and the thing is is that the the, the Iowa caucus is, is traditionally historically impossible to predict. I mean the, the polling there is incredibly suspect over the years. I mean 2008 the, the Des Moines Register poll got Barack Obama winning correctly, but outside of that, um, it's really hard to tell who's going to win. You know there's so many different ways to judge a winner. You have the raw vote, you have delegates, you have people who win after second choice voting is is distributed. Um, and so the Iowa caucus in general, people think they have a good idea going in, but the truth is no one really knows because no one knows who's going to show up and be willing to hang around for, for hours to to formally cast their vote. It's a totally unpredictable process.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yep.
2: And we were talking about that, that, that,
1: you know, Des Moines Register poll that's done by Ann Seltzer, who's a, who's a well-respected pollster, very well-respected, but you talk about how difficult it is to poll. The caucuses are so fluid and, and complex but you know that poll was withdrawn as as many people have probably heard a couple of days ago because um Liz, you just told me why, but if Pete buttigieg's name was um, was left out of one calling center in Florida it's funny whenever in the past whenever i've done um used to do you know polls we would we would we would do them out of Iowa because you had a flat accent they're doing them out of Florida, which is interesting but the um, Pete Buttigieg was dropped off but the but it leaked out that Warren was doing better than expected so you know, that's kind of shaking things up, whether that's true or not, it's, it's affecting some of the coverage. Um, Liz, what's your take? Where do you, where do you think things stand? Do you, by the way, do you have any, any results in it all? Liz, I do not.
3: Well, no, although it's funny you bring up Florida because I did see a couple of hours ago, the, um, for the first time ever, we're having some satellite caucuses. And one of them is in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, where there were a lot of snowbirds and there were 104 caucus goers who were just getting all their instructions sitting in one room some of them were college students who were, who were living down there now, and then the rest were a bunch of seniors, but, um, I, I, you know, there, there were no actually official results going, although I, I will tell you that it seems to me that the press is in the tank for, for Bernie Sanders in a big way. I mean, the optics alone, they've showed uh, gymnasiums and, and town hall uh, forums and other, and other locations where the um, the bleachers are full of Bernie people, and there's there are one or two Biden people, and a couple of Klobuchar people who are being interviewed who say, "Well, I like it, but she can't win, so I think I'll switch and, and go to Bernie." So I I, I don't know how it's going to come out, but I have seen some polling just generally around you know the more liberal voters obviously going for Sanders and Warren, the more moderates going for Buttigieg and Biden, um, and and more, more importantly, and Matthew and I talk about this a lot is sort of where are the who are the who's ever in second choice? What happens? Because this is the only state, really, where that happens, other than well, Nevada, you know, the other caucus states. But right now, I mean, that's a very big deal here. Where are all these Yang, uh, the people who don't qualify, who don't get to fifteen percent, who don't reach the viability threshold? Um, where do their supporters go? And there are a lot of them are up for grabs. Yeah,
1: and the big question is whether Klobuchar hits fifteen, because you know that would be very good news for Biden. I would think if she doesn't, if she just misses it. That, you know, because those would be yeah. natural voters for Biden and for Buttigieg as well, possibly.
2: And, and this is the big problem for Elizabeth Warren is that Elizabeth Warren is the second choice for more voters, for more candidate, you know, almost double than any other candidate. But the problem is that those voters' first choice is Bernie Sanders, who's going to reach the viability threshold. So, right. you know, if, if, you know, I think it was in the New York Times poll, fifty-one percent of Amy Povachar voters' second choice was Joe Biden. I think eighteen percent had Pete Buttigieg. Elizabeth Warren was the second-choice candidate of about 28 percent of voters, but over 60 percent of those were voting for Bernie Sanders on the first ballot. So those guys, you know, those voters are never going to have to go to the second ballot. And so that's the that's going to be the key for Elizabeth Warren tonight, is whether or not she can break through. She's kind of had this unity pitch the last couple of days where she's trying to bring the Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders wings of the party together and, and kind of trying to stave off which would probably be a disastrous fourth-place finish. But uh, it's... it's it's definitely complicated when you get into realignment of, of voters. Andrew Yang voters are probably going to go to Bernie Sanders, and, and Tom Steyer and Amy Klobuchar voters are probably going to, to Joe Biden. So the, the big question is, and, and the biggest key to success is who's got the most reach throughout the state where you can reach about 15% in every single precinct site. Yeah. Well, what, do you, what do you guys think? If it, like, what would it take for
1: Warren to drop out? How far down does she have to be? Fourth? Does she drop out after fourth? Or does she...
3: I don't think she drops out yet. I mean, she's got to go. She's going right to her backyard in New Hampshire next
1: week, right? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Post New Hampshire, I po- yeah, that's right. I apologize.
2: Right, right. I'm ahead of myself. You know, I can't see Elizabeth Warren dropping out at least until Super Tuesday. She has a ton of money. She's invested in staffers across the states that are going to vote on March second. Uh, you know, she's built a formal campaign, and even if she were to finish in fourth tonight, which she might. It would probably be a close fourth. You know, I, you know, it's one thing to finish in fourth and be at nine percent. It's another thing to finish in fourth and be at seventeen and have Joe Biden be at eighteen. Uh, right. So I think it's gonna, it would it, you know she's invested so much money. She really, in my opinion, would not do a lot of you know there are candidates who drop out because they're worried about hurting their own image in terms of going on too long. Like if Kamala Harris is in the race, she would not get that perception. I think from the Democratic Party that she's any other in, candidates. She is not. I t- I totally agree with you.
1: In in unless in going into Super Tuesday, Warren starts the trail in Massachusetts, which is a possibility. I I was assuming that right. that wrongly that Klobuchar was doing better in Minnesota than she is, and there's not there's not been a lot of polling out of Minnesota. But if you look at the betting lines and some other things, Klobuchar is really is is way back. So I would assume that Klobuchar wants to get out before Super Tuesday because she doesn't want to damage herself in her own state. And I think that would be the same with Warren. Right. And you're absolutely right. You would she wouldn't do anything certainly until after New Hampshire. Um, but, but whether she goes through to Super Tuesday, you know, that, that's a betting line on its own. But I think as long as she stays strong in yeah. Massachusetts, that makes sense. But if she begins to wane in Massachusetts, then I could see her dropping.
2: Yeah, yeah and, really, I, and I
1: think that,
3: I, think that we, you know... We, oh, right. Slobuchar positioning herself for a VP pick. I mean, obviously, like you said, she's not going to hang on to the bitter end and... and um, uh, and it hurt the chances of whoever it is, is going to be the nominee. Uh, so, she, you know, it's interesting. She did so well in these debates. She has been stuck in Washington, as we know, with this impeachment hearings. So, uh, I clearly, sh- she's got to be very frustrated, because even her supporters who were interviewed tonight, I did see some of them, they like her very much, but it seems that everyone has agreed that she's got no shot here. So, yeah. I'm... I'm surprised she's even going to New Hampshire, but I, it sounds like she is. In fact, she said she's going in the middle of the night tonight. What, what I, do you guys think, like Captain?
2: If, go, go ahead, Matthew. Yep. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I also like Amy Klobuchar, but, you know, the fact of the matter is, and, and Pete Buttigieg has rightly gotten his for this, the fact that he has no African-American support, no, no diverse coalition of voters, at least at this point, but as, as some people have started to write, BuzzFeed had a good article on this, and the New York Times has started writing about it, Amy Klobuchar has less African-American support than anybody, and... That's great. I mean, she could do great and finish in third in Iowa tonight, which would be a win for her, finish third in New Hampshire. But she she has no support uh, of any kind amongst minority voters. So, I mean, I don't really know what her path to the nomination is, and I agree. She should probably be playing for a, a vice presidency nomination. Yeah. What,
1: what do you guys think about about what happened with biden in the last ten days i mean ten days ago biden was leading both in Iowa and New Hampshire according to a couple of different polls and you know respected polls and then boom he just he just kind of faded all at once do you think that was or you know always baked into the cake that as things got you know more exciting and more committed voters you know lined up with candidates that he would drop or do you think it was the the uh the debate like, what do you guys think happened to biden in the last ten days i mean maybe he proves that this statement ridiculous and doing doing very well tonight but but the the feeling is that he's not going to do as well as as he you know was expected 2 weeks ago well,
2: it, I think the well, no, I mean, you no, go first. No, no, the first oh no i was going to say i think I, I mean again i think the Iowa caucus polling is so tough you know voters are changing their minds the early exit polls say that 12% of voters decided today who they were going to support uh, I think people have been going back and forth between electability and people that agree with me on the issues. Do I want a liberal nominee, a moderate nominee? I don't think people know what they want. And I think people are so terrified of Trump right now that it's kind of hurting their ability to make a judgment uh, in the Democratic Party of who the support. And so I don't know if anything happened. I think people are just changing their minds. And I think Bernie Sanders has always had the best ground game in Iowa. He's always had the fervor and support. And so I'm not surprised that he's you know, it's definitely not, it's not, it's not a certainty he's going to be the winner, but I'm not surprised that everything kind of went in his direction in the final days. Yeah. Yep.
3: You know, I would take this sort of more of a macro view of this and I've been thinking about this a lot and I've read a lot more in the last 10 days than I had in the previous three to four months. I, and there was a piece um, in the times the other day about Biden's message about unity and decency and character. And I think his message is premature i think the country is still having a national temper tantrum and i don't i think the democratic party itself doesn't want unity maybe maybe the whole country wants unity but in the primary right now i think the democrats still want to burn the house down they are responding to trump's victory they are responding to what's going on right now with this impeachment trial where he's going to be completely acquitted and they're livid and they are not ready for a message about unity and decency and character. And Joe Biden is, is a very decent man. He's a patriot. He has a track record of serving his country. He works across the aisle. This is not what the Democratic primary electorate wants to hear. They're just not ready for it. And maybe they will be ready for it six months from now. I, you know, Tragically for him, at this exact moment, tonight, as these caucuses are going on, is the night that the impeachment trial is coming to its conclusion. And Trump's going to have a state of the union I, where he's going to declare a victory and an acquittal. And the timing is so unfortunate for Joe Biden. Yeah. So yep. I think that's really I, what's going on right now. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if I totally
2: agree with that across all voters. I certainly agree with that amongst particularly liberal white college educated voters. But I think the reason that Joe Biden has a ton of African-American support over 50% in, in most national polls and is, you know, poised to do well on Super Tuesday, and in South Carolina, is because of the fact that a lot of African American voters, particularly who are older, are moderate voters, and they want a unity candidate, and. I think that'll certainly hurt him early on, and his and if he were to do really poorly in the early states, that would obviously impact his chances down the road because of money and momentum. But I think as it comes to a national election in terms of the path to winning, I'm not sold that being Bernie Sanders, or at least having the kind of guns-blazing, hair-on-fire approach is a successful one. It might be a successful one tonight, but I'm not ready to say that's the way you win across the country and in the South where the most delegates are. Um, at the end of the day, but it might be, it might be depending on how poor, if you were to do poorly, you know, the first couple of weeks.
1: Right. Hey, Liz, you talked about the, the media's um, the fascination or, or maybe leaning on the, um, on the lever a little bit for Bernie Sanders. Do you think that's because members of the media are that radical or you kind of, you know, it's a young industry, especially, especially the TV industry. Is it that, or is Bernie Sanders just a great story? You think it's just, a, it's a sensational story to run with. You know, everyone's freaking out about, about a socialist. Or do you think they like them?
3: It reminds me very much of how they pumped up Donald Trump and got $2 billion worth of free media in 2016. Can you imagine for the next eight months a a race between a socialist and a capitalist, what it would do for cable ratings? I mean, you talk about call the question. And I think that kind of a, a campaign where you are dividing the country even further is exactly what cable news is all about. So, at the risk of sounding terribly cynical, I think that's why they're propping him up. I mean, maybe Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are, are, are aligned very closely issue by issue, but Bernie Sanders reeks of and is a proud socialist. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren doesn't talk talk about being a socialist, and she's obviously, as we know, more thoughtful and detailed on her on her specific policy plans. So, I think that that the um, the Trump Sanders matchup is probably a media dream. Biden is a snooze for the TV ratings. Let's be honest. So I don't, I don't think he's getting a fair shake at all in the press. He's got to be losing his mind. His campaign's got to be frustrated as hell. And he's frankly, his his fundraising is suffering for it. So I I think that's probably what a lot of what this is about. And and I see Matthew's point, if Biden can stick it out and get through South Carolina and Nevada and survive. He should. He, then maybe he'll be fine. Although yeah. we've got look at Bloomberg, who's doing it surprisingly well in the oh national God.
1: polls. Oh yeah, not oh, not please. state by state, uh. but,
3: but state but, by state for the national polls, which will then be a cable news story, which will also hurt Biden. Matthew, what's your take on yeah, Buttigieg? I mean, do, you,
1: do you think? Oh, go ahead. Do, you, do you think he served himself, or do you want to talk about that first, and then I'll go back to, to
2: Buttigieg? oh no. Pete Buttigieg I was gonna is, be, is actually perfect. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I was going to ask you, do do you think he's served
1: himself well? Like in in the last, uh, you know, five to 10 days, he's, I I wouldn't say he's drawn sharp contrast because they've really never taken the gloves off in this primary, but he's drawn clear contrast with the older generation and he's been, you know, hitting a little bit harder than anybody else. Do you think that served
2: him well? Like, do you expect him to, to do decently well tonight as a result? I think, I think Buttigieg is going to do well tonight. I think he, he could win. I think he could finish in a strong second. I expect him to do pretty well. I think he'll be battling it out for Joe Biden for second place. But I think, um, first of all, I, I got no problem with him comparing to the older generation. I think it's a good message, as, I've, as I said. But there were six debates, and there were plenty of times to make that case to the entire country and not just in a room of, uh, of 500 Des Moines, Iowa caucus goers. And so, again, his problem is the same as Amy Klobuchar's. He's just more popular amongst those white college-educated voters, is that he could win Iowa tonight, but there's no evidence that he's built the type of campaign infrastructure to win a primary across the South and across the West. And it's really hard just to win Iowa and then keep going. There's kind of this myth that you win Iowa, and you just rear off to the nomination, and that's just not thats not quite how it works. I mean, people forget how close the Iowa caucus was between Hillary and Bernie in 2016, and Hillary the won the nomination by, by mopping the floor in the South and, and winning 70-20 to 20 in South Carolina, and so I think it's a good message. My Again, though, my concern for Pete Buttigieg is he's pretty much campaigned the last five months in one place, and I think it's really hard for the rest of the country to know what you stand for and become enamored with you and want to vote for you when they don't know anything about you, and... On top of that, there's no one who's been hurt more by Michael Bloomberg's entry into, into the race than Pete Buttigieg nationally, because the people that are Bloomberg voters, more or less, there's, some of them are certainly Biden voters, but they're white, college-educated voters who are looking for someone that's not someone in the race, but were interested in Pete Buttigieg. Some of them are giving a lot of money to Pete Buttigieg early on, and he has just taken a lot of the sales, particularly in the national polls, out of Pete Buttigieg's candidacy, it looks like.
1: Yeah, yeah. What, what, what do you make of um, like, like how, how does um, like you're right? I mean, Biden, Biden should sweep in the South in, in states with high African American populations. He's he's leading by double digits. You know, each of them he'll he should do well there. Um, but what does that mean with the like? I heard you kind of scoff when um, when Liz mentioned uh, <laughs> Mike Bloomberg. Yeah. What, what's your what's your take on on the whole Bloomberg scenario? So,
2: so the you media, I think, is like in. Lo- yeah, no. Some people seem to be in love with Michael Bloomberg, um, thinking that he's going to be this white knot on Super Tuesday to win the nomination. My problem with Michael Bloomberg is twofold. One, he has no path to the nomination. Michael Bloomberg could win every state after he comes in, and by the fact that he would be down delegates, he would have to not just win every state. He'd have to win them by absurd margins to get enough delegates to win the nomination. So he's pretty much hoping for a brokered convention. That's number one. Number two, Bloomberg claims that he's jumping in the race to stop a Bernie Sanders nomination. Well, with the amount of fracturing he could do in both in places like California, Arizona, Colorado, handing victories in those states to Bernie Sanders because you're splitting up the moderate vote, you could just be helping Bernie Sanders win the nomination. Oh, no question, so, no question. I don't know. And so I don't know if Biden were to win Iowa and do well in New Hampshire. Does Bloomberg drop out? Because, you know, he said that if Biden were to do well early on, he would get out of the race. Then, then maybe. Oh, but I, I don't know what Bloomberg's end goal is. But what about just the opposite? Liz, do you think
1: there'd be any chance of a Biden dropping out if he begins to fade and And letting Bloomberg
3: take that lane? I don't think. First of all, I think Biden cares too much about the country to just stay in for too long. I I really do believe that. Secondly, he doesn't have the cash. And I don't think, you know, he wants to suffer any humiliation. We all know Bloomberg got in this race or he said so because uh, Biden wasn't formidable enough to beat Trump. Because he had said all along, if Biden's really strong, I won't get in. And by just entering the race, he has said Biden can't can't win the nomination and he definitely can't beat Trump.
1: That's right. That's right.
3: And so I think Biden is unfortunately going to get to a point where he's going to have to. I, I think Matthew's race is going to do very well in the next two weeks, after, three weeks after, or I guess early March, after the, or he's going to get out. I don't see him dragging the party down. I don't think that he wants that to be his legacy. I certainly don't think he wants his son to be a factor here. Um, and as long as Elizabeth Warren can hang in, and Buttigieg has, has the money too, uh, I, I don't, I don't see why he'd stick around. I think Matthew, your point about Bloomberg actually ultimately screwing Biden um, and helping Bernie is, is probably what could end up happening. Oh, I, I think that's totally
1: right, Matt. Yeah, Matthew, I, I completely agree. I just wonder when is when is uh, which, Liz, you've heard me talk about endlessly. When is Bloomberg going to point the cannon at Biden? He needs to take him out, but he won't do it. And it's, it's hard to do it. it if he's not going to be on the debate debate. for both. (laughs) But I mean with television. Um, Yeah.
2: yeah. And and the truth is, is that Michael Bloomberg, God bless him, is spending all this money on ads. But the reason he doesn't want to take donations is, is partially because he never has, but he's also a terrible candidate personally. And he's not a good debater. He was not a good candidate when he ran for mayor from a personal standpoint. And, I don't think he would be very good in the debate. Um, you're going against, I mean, Joe Biden's not a great debater, but Elizabeth Warren and, and Pete Buttigieg and even Bernie Sanders, you're talking on experienced debaters. I don't know how that would go for Michael Bloomberg. Um, he is never. Someone I, I think really it might go better
1: that. than some people would expect. I mean, Bloomberg came a long way as mayor when he, when he first started and, and you know, we, we all, I had another candidate in that race and then Bloomberg came in and met with us and, and, and chased him out. But Bloomberg had no political sense whatsoever. And he, on the street, he looked he looked ridiculous almost I mean, he just didn 't know how to shake hands or do any of that kind of stuff, and in front of the press, he would take every um, you know every um uh, lure that came by he would he would bite and go down the path. Um, but after after a while, he started to get pretty decently where he'll tell a reporter that's the stupidest question I ever heard next you know he, he's got he's, he yeah. does have some toughness in him
3: yes, and, and work no better than anybody, and we know what he he actually had a very effective record in in New York City. I, we all saw some rumblings over the last few days in the media that Trump is actually worried about Bloomberg. He does not underestimate Bloomberg, and he has told his staff not to underestimate Bloomberg. What would that look like? I mean, do you think that he's that real that he should be on Trump's radar?
1: It depends. It, it depends think, what Biden does, right? <laughs>
2: I think Trump's worried about everyone. There was a story two, two months ago that he was worried about Elizabeth Warren because he thinks his, he thought her student loan program would be incredibly popular and that he's worried about Joe Biden. Obviously, he freaking launched the investigation into him. So I think, I think Trump's worried about anyone that has money that, you know, knows things about him that other people don't know, that obviously Bloomberg does by being New York City mayor. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I think people are worried about Bernie Sanders because of his economic populism, socialism methods that people think would, might be popular amongst people. You know, because you know the people that are on the war path. So I think it's, I think it's still way too early to tell which candidate you know would be the most formidable, uh, in terms of back and forth yelling, mano a mano with with Trump,
1: with Trump, right? Exactly. I mean, I think Elizabeth Warren would have been a much stronger candidate. I'm, I'm talking about her in past sense, which I should not do, because <laughs> there's the, not even reporting yet, and there's lots of states to go. But I, I would have thought that she'd be a much tougher candidate against against Trump than Bernie Sanders. I mean, Bernie Sanders is going to chase every never Trumper right back into the president's arms. You know, you know,
3: I'm, just, I'm just on Twitter here. I've got a Nate Silver number, and CNN's promoting any moment. We're going to get some results. But Nate Silver has some entrance polls. And he says Sanders, 22, Buttigieg, 22, Biden, 17, Warren, 15, Klobuchar, 11.
1: Interesting. Oh. First round, right? First round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First round. So, so right. So, Klobuchar goes
2: to Biden, right? Well, Matthew, what was your breakdown on Klobuchar? Where, where did her votes go? I mean, the polling was 51% to Biden and 18% for Buttigieg. I mean, you know, Pete Buttigieg has a chance. If I mean, again, those are entrance numbers. I mean, who knows where they're from and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, obviously, Nate Silver's data the, is always very good, but awesome. I mean, yep. but in particular, Iowa caucus entrance data can be skeptical. But but theoretically, that'd be good news, and and Pete Buttigieg would be in line for a good night, and Elizabeth Warren would be in line for, for a fourth place finish. Um, but uh, but we'll see how that goes. Um, if, I think. Okay. I think again. I think the most. I think the most important thing tonight is not who wins. Um, actually unless Joe Biden were to win. Uh, I think the most important thing tonight is actually where Biden finishes. Um, yeah.
0: That's totally the most important thing.
2: I, totally. If Biden agree, were yeah. to finish first or second, it, you know, he is still the national frontrunner to win the nomination. That's um, right. If he finishes fourth, it's a totally different story. So to me, that's the only thing that I think really matters tonight for the overall landscape. Obviously, the newspaper coverage and everything like that. But with the State of the Union tomorrow and the likely indictment vote on Wednesday, the, the, the Iowa caucus coverage is going to be gone in seven hours. So, you know, the, the big thing to me is going to be where Biden finishes, whether it's first, second, third, fourth, you know, somehow fifth. That to me is the most important number that comes out tonight, regardless of who wins right
3: do we think electability is still the biggest issue we, uh, t- again tonight just talking about iowa they said um 60 percent uh, of the voters said that elect being trump was the priority and 30 percent said they agree with their candidate on the issues or 37 percent, i guess so is that do we think that's going to be the case going forward to new hampshire and nevada and south carolina as well as who can beat trump or is it you know so is it electability or on the issues
1: I, I i mean I think we're at the tip of the iceberg with with a with a full scale panic among democrat not just establishment democrats but but average Democrats you know every everyday democrats if Bernie Sanders starts to take off and wins the first you know wins three out of the first four if he takes Iowa New Hampshire, and Nevada and then rolls into super Tuesday and takes California, I think there's gonna be a i mean i mean before that there's gonna be a crazy panic among Democrats, and I don't know where they're gonna go i mean maybe Buttigieg is still alive you know. Matthew, I hear you. He's only been campaigning in one place and maybe that, I mean, it should be Biden, but that vote's got to go somewhere. I mean, I think it's going to be a panic and it's going to winnow quickly.
3: He's been, he's been campaigning in New Hampshire. Obviously he's not doing well in South Carolina. As Matthew highlighted, he he said no, nothing going on with the African-American voters. I don't know how he does with with Latinos. Um, So I don't know what that means for Nevada, but if Buttigieg comes in first or a very close second behind Sanders in Iowa, and he had this strong showing in New Hampshire, which he seems to so far be holding his own at least around second place. That could change the dynamic here.
2: I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's a big thing. I mean, Pete Buttigieg is going to have to do. And again, though, no, but for Pete Buttigieg, it's not good enough for his campaign. If finish second or third in Iowa or second or third in New Hampshire, someone like that has to win. And, uh, and again, in order to generate the momentum and money. And so that's going to be the thing for Buttigieg is it's really unlikely for him to win New Hampshire. He might do really well there, but it would be a pretty big upset if Bernie Sanders were to, to, w- to lose New Hampshire in my opinion. After a that's A couple right. of years ago. So this is Pete Buttigieg's chance to win a state. And yeah. later on, it's all about delegates. Uh, but for right now, it's about winning and proving you're viable. And Pete Buttigieg has to prove that in the place where he spent more days than any other candidate for months, that he has to prove that he was able to get the job done. I think it's really important for him to win tonight in order to really be a real contender. Come not next week, but come March. I, I think it's a
1: great point. I think he needs to win tonight. He could run second in New Hampshire and keep that momentum. But I think he needs to win tonight because I, 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 mean, he's been he and, and Sanders have been feel or their camps have been sounding most confident in recent days. Um, but but I think yeah, he, he's got he's got to pull off a, a shocker tonight.
3: So he's doing what Cedar Rapids first round, he's up 25%, Warren's at 18, Sanders at 18. He was also up in the first round in Des Moines. I'm just watching this live on CNN as we're, on, as we're talking. You know, one of the things I saw the other day, which I shared with Matthew, Billy, you may have seen this. But in closing arguments, through judge was making the case that in the last 50 years, the Democrats have won the White House when the new kid on the block was the nominee. Kennedy, Clinton, Obama, and I think that's a very powerful message. And, and Matthew had you know, some thoughts on this. Matthew, you might want to share them yourself, maybe too little too late of a message. I don't know maybe he's been saying it on the ground and hasn't been covered, but I had not thought of that.
1: Yeah, we just got some numbers in, by the way. Did you see those? The, 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 final, the final vote, Times just kicked up numbers. Final vote, Bernie Sanders, 408, Buttigieg, 380, Biden, 310, Elizabeth Warren, 277. But now it's got to go to – that doesn't really mean anything. That's got, it's got to go to the, to the next um, – the SDEs. I, I forgot. What, what's the, what does the SDE stand for again? Yeah, state Delegate,
2: Delegate, Delegate, Delegate equivalent. Equivalence, um, right. right exactly. We'll that, see how much
1: the raw vote holds with that. And the problem we'll the next is – and
2: this is, why, this is why Joe Biden and, and Pete Buttigieg have been, have been campaigning so much in, in western Iowa. And, in fact, there was a great map the New York Times put out the other day in which it showed where all the candidates went based on – Dots pretty much, you know, showed on trips and, and Sanders and Warren are in the big population centers and Buttigieg is too. And then Klobuchar and Biden are all over the Western part of the state where, where Sanders and Warren haven't even gone. Is because when you look at the state delegate equivalents, a lot of those places have more delegate equivalents per vote than the higher population centers. And so uh, those guys are trying to run up the score in rural places that have higher Catholic population, older population. Um, you know, more of a moderate population and trying to kind of level off the, the undoubtable whopping that they're going to get by people like Sanders in the college town. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Can we take a step back Uh, for a second? We haven't talked We we started with sort of a joke saying, this is crazy that Iowa matters this much, but how do you both feel about the importance or, or value uh, of people actually showing up at a caucus in person and, educating themselves in advance, obviously having the benefit in, or the luxury, if you will, of actually meeting a number of these candidates and going in and, and participating in this kind of process. you think it's valuable that it's, you know, archaic and silly? I,
1: I think, uh, yeah.
3: I, I would, ahead, I,
1: I would get rid of it if I could. I, I, would like to secret battle a little bit. I think it, I think it, um, it unfairly, um, it unfairly skews the the audience. The people that are confident go to caucuses. They're confident to stand in their corners. Not, I don't think everybody has that. Uh, other people don't want to, you know, anger their neighbors and stand across the way. Um, I, I, I would. I, I mean, I think I think there is value to it. It's great to see people that committed to democracy and to going out there and, and, and doing it. But I, I would I would shake it. I think it, it's it's arcane.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I I don't like it at all. I think I, I think secret ballot, you show up and vote. I think people have become persuaded. So I actually don't think they're learning anything about the candidates. I think they're just being yelled at to <laughs> go in one corner or the other. And, uh, you know, again, 35, 34% of, of caucus scores tonight were first-time caucus scores. That's actually one of the lowest numbers on record. And this is being billed as a monster election. Um, and I think it's because a lot of people show up and they're like, I don't want to stand around for two and a half hours. Um, and have to make my vote whether they should or not is one thing but i think every state should have the same primary rules i think delegates should be allocated the same way uh i think you know i'm a big fan of winner take all um but that's a different story and 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 i just think i agree with billy i think it's totally archaic i think it's totally outdated and i think it turns off a lot of people from from participating in the electoral process which, which theoretically we should be be trying to accomplish
1: and I guess they're trying to to address that this year with the with the satellite you know the satellite uh, caucuses et cetera yeah. et cetera but it's a trick i mean I, I do i do love the old fashionedness of it i, I you know the interpersonal thing but but basically you, you you have people who 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 are you know have better gym skills gymnasium skills, and you know you have you have kids out there some some are going to you know pull voters because they're better looking or they're more persuasive or whatever it might be like you get into that human persuasion thing it's um it's, there's just so many variables involved. I'd I prefer to, to see a blind vote. So what
3: happened? Nevada's not a caucus state. Anyone else up front that is a caucus state?
2: Uh, Iowa, Nevada, Nevada, Washington had had a caucus. Washington, a yeah, Maine, yeah. primary this year. The Maine, I think, I think Maine still has a caucus. Um, yeah, there are there are a couple. I think there's three or four. Um, yeah, I, I thought there but, was three. No, yeah, I think, still, but maybe four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, um, but it makes it interesting, you know. know. Well, Matthew, yeah. I don't know how much you're have with you, but if you're sticking around, I want to ask one big other question here, which is, what does the impeachment trial have... What kind of influence, if any, is it going to have on the entire uh, election this year?
2: My my take is zero. <laughs> um, the, the, the general election is, is in 10 months. Um, and so if you were... For impeachment, obviously, you were not going to vote for the president. If you were against impeachment, you were probably going to vote for the president. Uh, there is so much news that's going to happen. You know, maybe, you know, if this is 10 years ago and we're living in a different election environment, that's, that's one thing um, where this would have totally taken up and suffocated the airwaves for months. We just don't live in that era anymore. And I just remember people always point out, you know, in 2013 in December, Republicans were responsible for shutting down the government for two and a half weeks. Literally, Ted Cruz held the government hostage over the Obamacare um, repealing, and then seven, you know, and then ten months later, won the Senate, won the House uh, by overwhelming majority. Um, and so, I, I'm just not sold. It might be an issue. Uh, it's obviously going to be a taint on Trump. You know, historically, he was impeached. Um, but I just, I can't see in ten months having it any sort of impact. Um, you know, in terms of the national or you know central focus point of the election.
1: Yeah. By the way, but the, I'm not sure if you saw the update, but the, the on the Times site, it's got Buttigieg leading now. Uh, 689 Sanders, 613 Biden, 499 uh, Warren, 386 Klobuchar, 365. I mean, it's going to it's going to be changing on and off for the next hour or two. It's got Biden running third. Buttigieg is now leading. Okay, gotcha. With 689, you know, but it's it's fluid. It's obviously.
3: So, what about the um? The way the Senate is voting on on impeachment is it going to help? Is it going to hurt the damn ballot? The Republicans running for the Senate who didn't, um, you know, and Cory Gardner, uh, Kellis, who are in these contested races. Does it matter?
2: Okay, Matt, go ahead, Matthew, go ahead. Well, I just uh, you broke up really quickly. Can you repeat the question?
3: I said, does it matter? You know, so the impeachment. Does it ma- Does it matter that us and um, Corey Gardner, in these states that where these guys are vulnerable or certainly on the, on the, on the, you know, on, right on the line? Does it matter that they did not vote to convict or even for censure?
2: No, I, I don't think so. They might vote for censure. Joe Manchin today actually is sounded like he was going to propose a, a censure potentially and, and approach Susan Collins and Mitt Romney about the possibility of a bipartisan censure at the Senate. So that's certainly a possibility. I mean, I think it was pretty obvious all along that the Senate was never going never gonna to vote to convict the president uh, at 67 votes. As as yeah. as some sort of unforeseen change of heart. I think, you know, the fact that they, they didn't get a vote or two, um, you know, I think the bigger story that Democrats can run with is that Republicans need to vote for witnesses. Um, that's a pretty strong, and, and in, my, in my opinion, that was a, a pretty big mistake. Um, for Republicans not to agree to that, it's one thing to agree to witnesses and then say, you know, we just we don't believe that president should be convicted. To not even vote for that, Democrats, if they play it right, can go out and say that they're really trying to hide something about the president. But whether they can do that correctly, we'll see.
3: <laughs> Bill, you share that view about the witnesses? Did you have a strong view about that? Yeah, I, I would
1: have gone that way as well. I would have, I would have said, go ahead and bring. I, mean, I think the, I think the Democrats should have. I think they screwed up by not waiting for the witnesses, and I understand why they did it. But I think they 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 screwed up and they they lost some of their credibility with that, but it, but it, I think the Republicans should have go ahead and take the witnesses, throw Biden into the mix and the rest of it, and then say, yeah, but we're not we're not, we're not uh convicting. We're just not going to convict I, I'm a process guy. I think you always go through the process the right way, and then you can vote whoever you want to vote, call it a show trial call it whatever you want, but then you can't get hit i I think those senators will pay a price for not having voted for witnesses you know it, it, gardner and um and Murkowski and a couple you know couple others it's i think those are going to they're going to get hurt on that so now, we, have, no,
2: we have final alignment data from, from 19 precincts i actually don't know how many precincts are in iowa i think it's close to 300 um yeah but from those 19 final precincts so far it's sanders 26 Buttigieg 24 biden 20 warren 18 and klobuchar 11 um okay interesting yeah mm-hmm. so uh Honestly, that would probably be the best result uh, possible for the top two candidates in particular. I think I think if Biden were to finish in third with 20% of the vote overall, I don't think that'd be any sort of damaging blow to his candidacy. Warren finishing yeah. in fourth would, would certainly be be a tough sell.
1: Yeah,
3: yep. And, was, and, I think that's right. I think with Buttigieg that far ahead of of, of Warren, uh, with Biden between the two of them, is bad news for Warren? Yeah, yep. The question is, like, and I think... I
1: think who the Democrats elect are are, going to matter so much on the timing of, 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 you know, the timing of who drops out when it it just, you you have clear moderate forces out there and you got clear progressives and it's when do they drop? When do do they drop in time to help, you know, one another? And um, I think it's a, it's a giant question mark right now, but the, you know, but I think Sanders wants to see Elizabeth Warren do as poorly as possible. And he won't tell her that of course, but that's gotta be what they want.
3: But you know what you've here yeah. when you really look at it is you've got so by this math you've got forty four percent that's Judge and Biden in the moderate side, and you've got forty four percent on the very progressive side. That's interesting. And Klobuchar. Wow. And oh,
1: that's fascinating.
3: Yeah, that actually that is would to me would be the story if you're just never mind individually, you know, but the candidates' individual performances. I think that that's really in- talk about the wrestle the arm wrestling match for the. For the soul of the party the cycle. It's
1: really tough. You know, on, the, on the time site where they're doing the raw vote, Klobuchar is actually nipping at Warren's heels. It's Warren right. 386 and Klobuchar at 365. What was the percentage that you had, Matthew? Between Warren and uh, Klobuchar? And
2: vote then, yeah, uh, Klobuchar was 11%? Uh, 11, yeah. Uh, and what was 11, Warren? I'm 18. Warren was 18. Oh, it was 18, okay.
1: I'm not sure which is, you know, now, who's getting the information faster?
2: And now, you know, 20, you know, again, now 23, per, you know, 23 precincts are in, you know, now Buttigieg has moved into the lead, 27 to 24, Biden's at 20, Warren's at 15, Klobuchar's at 14.
3: Um, so, you know, that's, that's Yeah, that's a good story. That's a good story. That's a good story. You know, I think, and by the way, I, I was wrong.
2: That's, that's 23 of 1,765 precincts. Uh, yeah. So, so, so 23% or 23 precincts?
3: Twenty-three precincts, no, or percent? Twenty-three precincts. No, twenty-three precincts. <laughs> so one percent of the vote. Uh, you guys have any, do you guys have any info on any info on New Hampshire? Because you know, Klobuchar got the endorsement of the New Hampshire Union Leader, which used to matter a lot. I don't think it matters much. But if she's coming off a decent uh, showing in Iowa, she can come to New Hampshire with some, some credibility. Yeah, with some street cred, anyway.
1: And then she and Biden and Buttigieg can brutalize one another, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. although yeah. I, don't, I don't consider Buttigieg that moderate, frankly. But you know, but I mean, by he's I mean, not. he's not. He's not, you know, but he comes across that way certainly, and he's not Bernie Sanders.
3: His style is he's very, very uh, actually quite adept.
1: <laughs> yeah, he is adept. Yep. Yep.
3: Yeah,
2: adept is right. Yeah. Yes. I think, um, I, think, I think we're definitely in for a long night, though. It's This, this, this could go for hours. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it would be interesting. You know, again, in it, it, some ridiculous scenario where, where Warren were to finish in fifth place, that's a totally different story. I, I don't think that's going to happen at the end of the night. Um, I think I, I think when all things are said and done, it'll it'll be Buttigieg. I mean, it'll be Sanders and Buttigieg at the top, and then you know you got Biden in third and, and Warren in fourth, if I had to guess. But I mean, you, again, one guys, or the other. You, I, guys, you know, I...
1: oh, it's good. Do you, do you guys think that Warren was hurt over the weekend by the stories about thinking, the um, the fossil fuel stocks? the fossil fuel, um, uh, you know, tr- trusts that were shifted to, to her children.
3: I didn't even
2: I
1: think, see it. I so I, I, I can't
3: answer.
2: Yeah, there was, go ahead. Yep.
1: Go I ahead. think it was Washington
3: post.
2: No, I was going to um, say, I thought the biggest thing that's been that hurt Warren honestly is that she got caught in this middle lane where she was trying to unify the, the democratic side of the party in Iowa. And I think, you know, there were a lot of people that, um, you know, we're like, she doesn't, you know, if I'm a moderate, I'm voting for, you know, Biden or Amy Klobuchar. If I'm a liberal, I'm voting for Bernie Sanders. And she just, she kind of got squeezed out a little, I think, um, because she was kind of in between. And I think in order, to, and I think that the thing that became a problem is that the people that are supporting Elizabeth Warren just really like Elizabeth Warren. They don't really believe they're a moderate or a liberal. They just really like Elizabeth Warren. And I think it's, it's, it was hard. I think she got the Medicare for all thing kind of squeezed her out because she tried to not be so far, you know, to the left on, on that issue. And then she got squeezed down on a couple of other issues. And I think she kind of yeah, got caught yep. in between. And I think that's, that's caused her the biggest harm. It's just, she doesn't, she doesn't fit in the lane. She's kind of tried to, to be a little bit of everything.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I'll add something else to that, which is that I think Hillary Clinton's comments about Bernie Sanders helped him a lot. Yeah. it fired up his people. It gave him a chance to respond. She looked like yesterday's news and a sore loser, which she is. And Bernie had another opportunity uh, to come out and talk about himself. It gave other people a chance to rally behind him. And I also think that she got probably more than any of the other senators suffered from being stuck in Washington for the last five days. Because Bernie had his people on the ground in Iowa in a really strong way. And I think they're going to vote for Bernie, whether he's on the moon or in Washington or anywhere else. And I and Buttigieg benefited a lot from being out there on the ground. I think Elizabeth Warren probably got hurt a little bit, a point or two here or there. Um, I think those two things, uh, uh, for all the candidates here, hurt her. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see, um,
1: like, Matthew, your scenario on, on Buttigieg winning tonight, if he does. I, mean, I think Sanders would, would clearly be in, in second place there. But that's, you know... What, what kind of effect does that have? Like, can he, how, how far can he carry that? Will that put him suddenly I, in play in a California, you know, or any yeah, other Yeah,
2: I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm a, I would be a little concerned that Pete Buttigieg would be kind of turned into the Ted Cruz of the 2016 Republican Iowa caucus. Like, everyone forgets that Ted Cruz won the Republican caucus, Iowa caucus in, in 2016 because he didn't win anywhere else. And, right, uh, yeah. you know, Rick Santorum won the 2012 Republican Iowa Caucus, and again, it could be totally different. But again, I still think it would have to be proven that Pete Buttigieg has a broad appeal amongst, particularly African American voters. When we get into the South, and that's where, to me, honestly, the, again, I, I think Bernie Sanders, if he were to somehow not win Iowa, I think that would be a huge help to to obviously Pete Buttigieg would win, but also Biden, because Sanders has been the most formidable foe amongst African American voters, and that's not saying much. But with African Americans voters to Biden um, right. based on his kind of economic equality pitch. And so to me, Buttigieg obviously needs to win and it would certainly be a big boon for him, probably particularly from a fundraising standpoint, but he would have to show that he's able to carry that over into other groups of voters beyond just those in Iowa. Um, but he certainly would yeah. be a, a good start for his campaign.
3: Does, um, does Andrew Yang have any influence here at all going forward, assuming he drops out, let's just say by New Hampshire after New Hampshire is his message or does he you know, symbolically? Uh, I know he doesn't have a ton of people behind him, but does it matter what he says? He I, don't think,
1: right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think really. I mean, I think it, it's, you know, f- f- for a new cycle and a half possibly, but, but maybe, you know, maybe for some for, you know, young, young libertarian type, you know, Democrats um, maybe, but what, Matthew, what do you think? You're closer to that demographic than I am.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, I have a friend of mine who's an Andrew Yang supporter who, who was who's a Republican. Um, you know, I think Andrew Yang's just one of those candidates that, like, some people kind of like. Um, I personally like Andrew Yang. I think he's good to have in the race. I would never vote for him. I don't think he's qualified, but I- I'm certainly grateful that he's able to add his perspective. Um, I think I don't think so. I think he's someone who would probably lobby behind the scenes and work with candidates on policy positions in terms of um, kind of handling automation. That's kind of been his big thing as it pertains to job losses from automation. Um, and so I think he'd be great at working behind the scenes on on that type of issue. Um, I don't think uh, in the long run, though. Um, that he would have a huge impact. I mean, maybe he gets some sort of job. Um, you know, as a you know someone on the National Council Council of Economic Advisors. But I I don't think so. I think in three weeks, people are going to forget who Andrew Yang is um, if he were to drop out tomorrow That's morning great. after the Iowa. Totally Hawkers. great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. what is um? What's Deval Patrick doing? <laughs> <laughs> what do you? What is he up to? I are so you both in? that? <laughs>
3: Um, you must be always yeah, asking
1: about him in the last six months. Yeah, it's 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 incredible. I mean, what's he doing? He jumped in like in the middle of the race and had no splash whatsoever, and is still sitting there. You know, he's he's at zero tonight so far. Yeah. So that you know.
2: Yeah, he's in New Hampshire, having a good time. I don't, I don't really know what the goal is there. I have joked with, with with my mother and with my dad a bunch too. Like, I, I don't know. I think I don't know why he expected to be this sort of saving white knight when he got in the race. Um, no one knew who Deval Patrick was. If you did not live in Massachusetts, people are like, "Who the hell is this guy?" Yeah,
1: and- I'm just wondering. I'm, I'm I'm wondering if if Warren dropped before Massachusetts and Deval stayed in there, would he would he pull twelve percent or something? Would he would he be a, would he play would he have an effect on that race or is he
2: too far gone out of, in Massachusetts? I think, I think he's too far gone. I don't think Javall Patrick would win if he ran for governor tomorrow. I don't, Oh, he don't wouldn't win. He no, I'm saying, win. would he, would he draw a significant vote if Warren were out? Oh, yeah. would he be a factor? Yeah. No? maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think if Warren were to drop out, Biden would probably win in Massachusetts, but, um, you know, I think Hillary won here pretty overwhelmingly in 2016. If I remember correctly, I think, you know, he might draw a couple voters, but again, he's just someone else. Like, why are you running? Like, I don't know what the hope is. Like, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I haven't heard maybe, him say anything. I mean, he may be banging it out
1: every day with i, so I got to keep doing this. this. <laughs>
2: right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Can we talk? You know, speaking of Massachusetts, just for a quick second, uh, Joe Kennedy and Markey uh, had to release their fundraising numbers from the fourth quarter of last year, and Kennedy crushed Ed Markey. And we all know Joe Kennedy's message has been all about the next generation of leadership. And I think that, you know, I I would say canary in the coal mine, but it's not exactly a secret here. I mean, back to the Buttigieg's message, I think, generally speaking, this is the issue with the party. And Elizabeth Warren, I don't know where all this how this is all going to play out going forward. But I think there are a lot of learnings to be had if we look closely at some of the races beyond what's going on right now in Iowa, New Hampshire, just down other races around the country.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cause it, it's, and, and this, but what comes out of this is going to definitely affect those. I think it was, it was eight point swings last time. Um, but that's right. It's there. There's some complicated scenarios going forward. Exactly. Liz, some really complicated scenarios. And it's, you know, this yeah. is where we all remind ourselves this is a state by state contest.
2: Yeah, Yeah. And I would be really careful too, of overanalyzing what happens because of the Iowa caucuses tonight in 2016, Bernie Sanders won 64 percent of the vote in New Hampshire. He beat Hillary by 35 points there. She he crushed him, crushed her. Excuse me. And then six days later in South Carolina, Hillary Clinton won 72 percent of the vote. And I was so right. uh, again, it's important to, to win early. Um, it certainly matters, and it's better to win early than, than lose early. But I, I think it's really more now more than ever when so many people are, are lost in who they're going to vote for um you know especially in the non-caucus system in the primary system um and it's really hard to change people's minds among selectability and ideology i think those the early primaries do not have the overall momentum effect later in the primary calendar that maybe they did 10 15 20 years ago when people were still getting their news from traditional sources of media um and so i i think that's
1: right and i'm not sure we i'm not sure we know what the what the dynamics are now of, of wins and timing because the, 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 the news media is so completely different and it's changing virtually by the day that I don't think we know how it's going to, how it's going to run through. You know, I think, I think you're right. I yeah. think it definitely used to get that head of steam and that momentum, but now, you know, you can make a lot of noise, you know, all at once everywhere, you know, with, with the right, um, the right occasion words or situation.
3: Well, you know, what it, Bernie was you know, as we as we all know, shafted by the process in the last fact like with Hillary because of the superdelegates, which and that's the, And so it's hard to know what that's gonna mean going forward here. I mean his people are coming back with vengeance. Um but yeah. uh, so so we'll see. But I have one other big question here, which is do you think the Democrats helped or hurt themselves with this impeachment trial? Big picture.
1: I think they hurt themselves. Yeah.
3: I think they, and I, and I, would,
1: I, 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 didn't think that they were going to hurt themselves, but I think Pelosi was right in the beginning, probably not going to do it. They probably should have done, because they could have done hearings for a censure or something and not, and not crossed the line and not have jumped the shark.
3: Yeah. Matthew, you agree with
2: that? Yeah. Again, I don't think they hurt or helped the Democrats one way or the other, because the election is so far away. I just, I don't look at it that way. Um, but it's certain, I would certainly say that, um, uh, that, that again, I, I don't know. I think people, um, are still, uh, in favor of impatient by a little bit, but not indictment. I mean, it kind of goes back and forth. The numbers really haven't moved much since the process started. So did they hurt them maybe in public perception a little bit? But I think both parties are, are totally disdained by so many people. I think people think, yeah. you know, the Republicans are awful because they, they're covering something up by having no witnesses and, and Democrats are just going after them because they hate them. And I, and I think there's just this deadlock. And I don't think the impeachment is going to have an impact all, when all said and done um, on the election uh, in the fall. I'd be really surprised if, if people decided to vote because the Democrats impeached him. I think, uh, I don't know. I want to know who you are because you were an undecided voter and I don't know how many of those exist anymore. <laughs> right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's about 7% at maximum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, exactly.
3: It yeah. Is it fair that Trump did not declare victory that he was acquitted? I mean, listen, he's, he called it a hoax. The trial's a hoax. It's a sham. They have the trial. Fine. Of course, there were no witnesses, but uh, they had a vote. He's acquitted. Uh,
1: well, he can certainly declare victory tonight in Iowa. He won with 96.6%. Yes, and
3: tomorrow out of the state of the union, he can declare victory.
1: That's right. That's right. Bill, Bill it was, it was, uh, it was uh, Trump with uh, 24,851 votes, Bill Weld, 393, Joe Walsh, 342, other 138. <laughs> so I guess he, he, had a, yeah. he had a good night tonight. <laughs> so we forget there's two contests going on.
2: That's true. That is true. I mean, well, so is, it, is it a good thing that he wasn't indicted? Yeah, he's going to claim victory because that. Again, I don't know if anyone was ever actually convinced that he would be um, indicted, and Trump's obviously going to take the victory at, at, at full vote. Again, Trump is someone that you're either for him or you're against him. I don't think there's a lot of people that are persuaded one way or the other based off these things, um, in my personal opinion at least, um, although I could certainly be wrong about that. Um, and I just think the election is going to come down. It's going to be a close election, one way or the other. And, and I think there are going to be other mitigating factors that, that determine those those couple thousand or tens of thousand votes um, at the end of the day, uh, barring something completely unforeseen, like an economic catastrophe of some kind.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the numbers are going to start pouring in in the next probably thirty minutes. They're uh, they're definitely coming up. I'm looking again when you look at the percentages, it's such a tiny percentage in there. But uh, I've got the Times has Buttigieg eight eighty six, Sanders seven sixty two, Biden five nineteen, Warren five nineteen, Klobuchar four ninety nine. So it's uh it's all bunched up there for for second, third for I'm sorry for second, third for third, fourth, and fifth. Fifth place is going to be yeah. a tough place to end up after you know at the end of the night. Yes, <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would certainly agree with
2: that. He By the way, the best yeah. thing about these pieces, is that if there's the best thing about these, um, the best thing about these precinct sites is that if you actually tie, if two candidates tie to determine the winner of the precinct site, they actually flip a coin,
1: uh, which is right. another is that an Iowa thing also? I've seen other elections be done that way, Mayor, mayoral races, which is a lot of fun, you know? Yes,
2: they flip a coin if you, uh, to determine who wins the Iowa precinct that you're at if there's a tie. yeah, Leave it up to the Almighty.
3: Yes, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I think well, I, hats off to the people who show up at these caucuses, really. Yep. it's God bless them. It's,
1: yep. And I think we're going to be running out of time in a minute. I think Rick's probably going to uh, come on. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to be, I, I've got to drive my wife to the train at 5 in the morning or 5.30, and I may just be still on the couch, you
3: know, watching this. <laughs> well, yeah. thanks for, Matthew, thanks for joining us. You've been so busy, and I didn't know if we were going to have you for 15 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever. So thanks for taking the time.
1: Yeah, and I guess we yeah, can keep have talking to until, time we, time. It, until we get the hook, you know? Oh, <laughs> I think the hook is coming shortly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a bizarre week, you know, we started Sunday with this tragedy with Kobe Bryant and, and we, yeah, we had that and then the coronavirus and impeachment and then this caucus and then in any other year, one of those things would have been enough to occupy everybody. It's it's been a whirlwind. Sure.
1: It sure has. Anyway, we'll see you next week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank, thank you, Matthew Fell, for tuning in. Thank you, Liz. Thank you so
3: much, Billy. You know, God
0: doesn't shed his grace on thee.